So Ben, what have you been up to last week? Yeah, well, it's been some pretty epic weather recently, hasn't it? Good mm. biz locally, which is pretty unusual. So since we last caught up, I've been out on the boat with the X Club. Did a um, had a couple of boats that went out of Plymouth, and we did a, I think like four or five spots in a, in a day, which is really cool. Um, nice. Not a huge number of fish. I had a, a nice bollock. Actually, it was a personal best, but it wasn't massive, so I'm not going to scream and shout about it too much. And then, um, as I said, really good biz closer to home. Had a really nice big bass again, 61 centimetres. So I was pretty pleased with that one. I always thought that was like, you know, monster size, but um, you see some of the bass that they're pulling out, especially down Cornwall way. Um, I guess that's a baby um, in some people's eyes, but yeah, really, really pleased with that one. Um, and another David Soul to uh, um, help with the competition points, although I'm still way behind you guys, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, it's been, been a really good week. How about you guys? Nice. How about you, Rich? Yeah, it turns out I've had a good week. Um, well, last episode, I was a little bit behind both of you in the species hunt. And it turns out this week, I'm one point behind Anthony and ahead of Ben. Yeah, so well as you can as you can tell, I've had a good week. <laughs> oh, the thing is, the thing that the listeners don't know is that me and Ben have been hearing this all week. And it's, yeah, in our little WhatsApp group, it's been, oh, I'm going to catch you. Oh, I'm overtaking you, Ben. Oh, catch you, Duran. But oh, <laughs> well, to be well, fair, yeah, but to be fair, Ben did wind me up a little bit taking the Mickey the one day, and I wasn't even going to go diving. And then and, and he, he started, me to he started, yeah, exactly. He started taking the Mickey, and I thought, actually, no. Got the wife in the car, drove down there, had literally like one hour in the water and yeah, landed up getting quite a few fish. So yeah, it's good. Nice but one. your points um, are, are going to be disqualified because I was just speaking to uh, Barclay and actually because you've got a doctor's note to say you're not allowed in the water, they don't count. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. But what Barclay didn't tell you is I've already uh, paid him off just to make sure that I beat you too. <gasps> oh, that's a bit of a. Well, we won't go there because I want to know how much you paid because I paid a lot as well and Davo's still beating me. But uh, I think we're all yeah, being so- spanked by Mr. Matthew Shaw at the moment, anyway, with his three triggers yeah, that we saw quick, got today. Mm. Yeah, he's caught up quick. But uh, yeah, I found a nice new spot this week, so that's all good. Loaded up a little more flatfish, just need a few more. Um, but yeah, it's been a really good week. Back to diving. Awesome. Had a couple of weeks off tonight, so uh, yeah, it's good to get back in the water. Well, it's good to see that the summer's you know properly kicked off. Looking at social media and stuff, everybody's catching. Um, mm. I've been out a couple of times this week, but one of them, um, I was going to meet Ben and a friend of mine, Adam, that uh, he brought his drone along. And a, a few of you might have seen, but there's some really good drone footage um, that I tagged Ben, Rich, and everybody else in of uh, Adam following us while we were out uh, at sea spearfishing. And it was just really a really pretty 11-minute video. So well worth a watch if you haven't watched it already. But um, that that dive, I go out, put my mask on, everything's fine, start swimming. Like felt like the mask wasn't quite on my face right. So I pulled it off, put it back on, still water getting in. Anyway, find out about 10 minutes later, there's a bloody great hole in the side of my mask. Which oh dear. Fun. So I was, um, yeah, playing scuba by just blowing my, uh, no, blowing the air out of my nose to try and keep my mask clear. But I've got a new one all ready to go for this competition this weekend. So yeah, nice. which I'm looking forward to it. But, um, yeah. Anything else? Anything else going on? Anything personally? Well, Everyone happy? Everyone good? 
Yeah, all good, all good. I lost my dive knife, unfortunately, but the one that I won in the competition, so a bit annoyed about that. But I've got a rusty old one in the shed, and I mean super rusty. But I did hear somewhere else that if you stab the sand repeatedly, it does take the rust off your dive knife. So <laughs> I, I, I might try that trick. I might try that trick this weekend. Um, it might look a little bit odd, maybe, to some people on the beach, maybe repeatedly stabbing the sand, but that could be interesting. That's- I think instead of looking like some kind of Hannibal Lecter, maybe just get some really soft grit sandpaper. <laughs> I think that'd be the same process. But um, so this episode, we've got um, a special guest on, another guest, Mr. Sam Seeley, also known as the Bearded Spiro. Um, and we're just going to go and poke him out of his hole next to all those lobsters, crabs, and other things in the deep dark. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be back and we'll we'll get into it. So, see you in five. One, two, three, Welcome to the Spiro Hangout, where we talk all things spearfishing, free diving, and foraging. We're three guys from Devon in the UK who are excited to share some of the learnings from our spearfishing journey with you over the coming episodes. We bring in some special guests along the way to help spread some in-depth spear and knowledge from some of the most experienced people in the scene. If, if any listeners out there are good at making jingles up, can you please make us one up? We'd really appreciate it because we're tired of Anthony singing. <laughs> I think that's probably trademarked, but never mind. <laughs> um, only way is spearfishing. Or something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we are we are back, and we have our guests already in the halls waiting for us. But um, again, we've got Ben, Rich, and hey. just introduce you both to our guest, Mr. Sam Seeley, aka Bearded Spiro. Sam, are you there? I'm here. How are we doing? I'm not bad. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So. Sam, have you? Do you know Ben and Richard? Richard, Ben, say hi. Roughly, hey. yeah. Good, I'm, I'm uh, not too bad. Yourselves? <laughs> yeah, we're all good. We're always good. As yeah, as we're in the water. Good to see you again. Exactly. We saw each other last night, didn't we, Sam? Actually, we did. We in, did impromptu meet on a on a local dive. So, uh... yeah. hold on. You, you. So Sam's my guest. <laughs> you go out diving with him last night. I'm not even aware of this. We, we, we didn't intend to meet. It was just a, a, a you know, by chance thing. This is getting yeah, worse than these standards. <laughs> now, now you boys know what I felt like when you went diving with Paul Maxwell. Just <laughs> yeah. saying. Touche. Just saying. Touche. 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 So, um, so Sam, t- tell us a bit about you. How you sort of got into spearfishing um where are you from first of all so we know where your spots are <laughs> so um well i got i got into spearfishing um so basically i moved down with my parents um, when i was about 11 down to cornwall from london um and i picked a surfboard up i've done 21 years surfing um i was semi-professional i was ranked sixth in the uk at grom status at 16 um and then about six years ago I decided I was with my mate. We 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 went snorkeling in like rivers and stuff, and went out with like a metal detector and stuff like that. And I just went, Joe, you know what? Like I, I see, I seen. Can't remember how I seen. It. I think I seen it on something like Facebook or something like that. And um, wanted to give it a go, so I went into Plymouth. Uh, went into a market, found a place where that sold a gun, and I was like, I went in there. I was like, Have you got any spear guns? Um, he was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I explained it to him and he, he, he managed to find some dusty old 65 centimetre Bouchat 
gun that was absolutely terrible um, up somewhere in, in, in the top loft. And um, he brought it down. I was like, how much do you want for that? He's like, a tenner. I was like, yeah, give it here. Took it and just sort of went from there. Um, out in my surf suit, nice. just, just snorkeling around, whatever. Um, caught, a, caught, caught some wrasse on my first uh, ever dive. Um, and yeah, then went, went, sort of went from there. And I've not picked up a surfboard since, actually. So to take a sport that I spent 21 years doing to uh, pick a gun up and not gone back to it. So yeah, and it just sort of progressed from there. Nice. Very nice. Well, is it is your belly showing it now? Because you've got it's just all full of fish with no exercise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't. COVID's put a bit, bit, a bit of extra weight on. So, um, but yeah, no, eat, nice. eating loads, eating good. So no, that's, good. that's all that and matters. You, you just mentioned ras. Um, how do you find yeah. ras? Uh, it was the first oh, well, two sorry, fish I shot. When I, when I say how, how do you find it, I mean how do you find it as in. Um, Eating wise, because obviously you probably it was, shot a few it was, since then. Yeah, it well, no, it was it was it was it was fine. Like I liked it; it was really enjoyable. But I didn't take any more after that. So literally, oh, right. I shot my first two ras, and then I've not shot a ras since. And why is that? Just because there's a, there's a bit of a sort. I think. Of, I uh, think. Yeah, go on. No, go no go, go on. Finish. I was just going to say, there's there's a bit of a um. A, a fishing barrel type feeling with a lot of spearos with brass in that obviously brass are really inquisitive um, and thick as two short planks. So they just swim straight up to you. And it's just, I hear a lot of Spiro say how, oh no, 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 I wouldn't shoot a ras. I don't shoot dogfish. I don't shoot flatfish. Um, is, is that sort of, is, is that why you don't shoot ras? You just feel it's too sort of easy or is it to do with the eating of them or? Um, I'd, I'd probably say they're, they're hard work. They're hard work. You know, they're not they're not the nicest of appetising. To, to you, you shoot one, you've got all that slime. They're solid. They've got an armour on them. It's just like it's a lot of prep work. Like I'm anyone that knows me, I don't do well at cooking and stuff like that. Like I'll I'll catch a fish, fillet it, cook it, and I'll just eat it as it is. Like I don't mm-hmm. care whether what if it's got stuff with it. And I I, I like. I'm very impatient when it comes to cooking. So I don't <laughs> like a lot of prep work. So basically that's, that's the only thing. I mean, I'm a, I, I, I believe that everything I've, I will shoot everything. I'll eat it. And then if I don't feel it, I won't shoot it again, but I'm always up for trying, you know, if I shoot something, I'll eat it. And then if I like it, I'll shoot it again. If I don't, I'll, you know, sort of leave it like dogfish. I've had a dogfish taste really well. Just can't be bothered with taking the skin <laughs> off and dealing with that, you know? So, um, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 where like I'll I'll shoot I I want to try ceviche. Everyone keeps banging on about ceviche, and um, uh, I want to give it a go. So I'm just waiting for a comp that's that's, that's got a ras to allow, and then it's given me a reason to shoot one to then try it. I've still not pulled the trigger just to try it, if you know what I mean. Well, talking about competitions, we've got one coming up on Saturday that does allow ras. I believe it does. Does it rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're allowed two, and they are. I think it's forty centimeter um, okay. size limit, so decent size. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad size. Um, but and I've got a ceviche recipe that I'll uh, I'll whisper in your ear on Saturday. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, really nice. Well, I'll, I'll definitely look out for one and aim for one, and then I, I'll take that recipe off you, and then we'll uh, we'll see if you can change me into eating ras. <laughs> Sam, do you have like a favourite fish? Because obviously you've tried quite a, a few in your um, spearfishing time. Um, like monkfish was up there. The monk, the monkfish oh, was yeah. up there. That that was yeah. that was that was beautiful. Um, obviously you guys must have seen that uh, that I got my first trigger 
um, last week, and mm-hmm. now yeah, that's gross. that's that's probably my favourite eating fish above the monkfish. Oh, wow. You reckon? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So oh, wow. like, I, I I will definitely go out to to take more. Um, my wife she doesn't eat fish at all. Um, when she cooked it, she tried a little bit of it and she ate most of it. So for, for someone that doesn't eat fish as well, you know, that's, that's saying something like it was, it was really, really nice. Nice. How did she cook it? Um, she, she cooked it for me the first bit. She, so I think she, she did it in the oven. She just did some stuff in the oven, brought it out to me. It was, was, was nice. Didn't really have much like sort of input on that, shall I say. Um, and then the next one I had with like a pasta like a tomato chili sauce and that um just just uh cook the pasta and then just put it all in let it cook marinade in it and that and it was a uh, yeah it was really 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 nice do you do you prefer it over over soul um i suppose i suppose it's quite different isn't it it's it's all the the, the fish are all quite different so so i mean soul's really good eating as well i do enjoy soul yeah. over any of the other flatfish um yeah yeah for sure but yeah, I suppose it's quite hard. I haven't had a soul for a while, so I couldn't really sort of, my taste buds probably aren't really there to, yeah, to I just it compared, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I just I just asked because I've had a good week this week with the old soul. So I um, yeah. haven't had any for ages and then obviously got back into them. And yeah, they just, yeah, they, they blow my mind every time. They're so good. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's only why I was asking. <laughs> we had soul tonight, actually. Going back to what you're saying, like fish are, are completely different. I think to some people, they're not. They're all the same. In fact, my missus was saying they all taste the same. Like, I mean, and they kind of look the same, I guess, to an extent when you take the skin off and everything else, if you don't look too closely. But tonight I cooked a um, bass and salt side by side. And, you know, it's just no comparison. The bass, I'm not going to say it was bad because it definitely wasn't, but the soul was absolutely beautiful. I think I think bass like see like I love hunting bass like yeah. hunting bass is is my favorite fish to sort of hunt but they're so overrated like the taste the taste of them is is quite bland taste is there's not much to it I mean it's a trophy fish really at the end of the day um but I'd much rather go for a different type of species over bass if if I can you know mm-hmm. um definitely yeah yeah I I, I... I now cook all my bass with a salt bake. Um, so you just cover it essentially with salt and it creates like a second oven almost. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. And it creates almost like a second oven. And I'll tell you what, that is definitely the best way to eat bass. Look it up on on the, on Google if anyone's listening. Uh, salt baked bass. It's lovely. Mm, nice. Absolutely. I mean, is that, is that messy? Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite fun cracking it open afterwards, like a bit of an Easter egg, really. Uh, <laughs> but yeah it essentially you, d- you don't scale it you don't do anything you just you layer a, uh you put a layer of salt down onto the onto the um on the on pan and then you put the fish on cover it with salt um which has got to be slightly damp so you put a little bit of water and egg whites with it and yeah and you just cover it and you stuff it as normal with you know herbs and lemon and everything else and yeah you just bake it for about 20 minutes and the purpose of the salt is to keep the moisture in the fish so it almost steams itself while it's in there and okay. i'll tell you what that's it's definitely the juiciest juiciest most tender bass i've ever had it was lovely nice i've got some i've got some recipes ben you got any recipes for me on site i've got yeah. one from each of the others <laughs> i've got to get one, got to get one from you as well yeah what, what i do what i do with salt tonight so i think soul um is one of these ones where it's best cooked simply 
So I would um, first of all prepare it by skinning it. I tend to leave them on the bones because you, you get quite a nice bit of taste from the bones rather than um, filleting them or the wood fillet bass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so leave the take the skin off, leave it on the bones. So skin off on the front and the, and, and the back. I would probably pan fry it um, with some salt, some pepper, and some um, olive oil probably to get it started. And then I'd add in butter towards the end shave off some lemon a lot of people just like um squeeze a lemon i like to um get like greater lemon on top of it you get just yeah, yeah. a little bit more um a bit more flavor that way yeah and that's all you need to do that, that, that's it you serve it up like that and that butter goes a little bit brown and, and gets a bit of flavor from the fish and everything in the pan and it's, yeah it's just it's just beautiful um that was a boring recipe but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but sometimes the simpler ones are the best ones, you know? I, I reckon so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, lovely. Uh, Bernazette is another one, or black butter uh, yeah. with capers is another one from France that just everybody, it's just so nice. Everybody loves it whenever I've made it. But um, we, we've sort of, we've spoken about fish <laughs> and this is going to be a foraging episode so <laughs> i'm gonna drag you lot kicking and screaming over to the fun that we have with the uh, lobsters and crabs and um yeah sam you're, you're a bit of a pro when it comes to getting crabs <laughs> and lobsters out of holes talk us through so, you know what 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 it is you do or, or why you you love finding the crustaceans so much um i think i think it's because like i say to a lot of people that when you when you when you dive down you look in the hole you find a lobster you're, you're about to play a game of chess with this thing right so it's 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 not i i like it i like an interesting hunt so i like a bit of a challenge so you know lobsters will give you that challenge um they will they will make you think um it's not a case of you know laying down in kelp doing a little grunt shooting something because it comes in and it, it's a bit more gets your mind going a little bit more i think that's why i enjoy it so much um, I mean, the other the other side of it as well is that you don't need a lot of viz to hunt lobsters. So if you've got a meter, that that's enough. That's enough. It's harder work, but it's enough to be able to find a lobster and get something um, if if the viz is bad as well. So um, yeah, it's it's um, nice. So like, I mean, for me, when it started, we um, uh, met up with Ben um we 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 went out for first dive and ever since then we've gone out every single weekend um and we started off our first winter we was just hunting for fish so as soon as bass season finished we went out the whole winter and we was just hunting fish we spent endless hours in freezing cold looking at nothing um and it wasn't until sort of the uh sort of the later end of the winter where we we, we spotted a lobster and we started to go from there i wasted a lot of time trying to get lobsters out i'd find one and i think i think one of my records was i spent an hour and a half on one lobster and still didn't get it out so i think from then on it sort of intrigued me you know it's like i want to master this i want to get this out i don't want to be spending an hour and a half in you know eight degree temperatures trying to get a bloody lobster out um so it sort of went from there and I, i took a lot of things like um if you if you find if you find a lobster spend 10 to 15 minutes max if you can't get that lobster out or if you think you've got a chance continue but most of the time just just move on there'll be more don't waste mm. so much time on something that may be in a hard hole or something like that and you you you'll find your success rate is a lot better if you just moved on to the next one and maybe the next one was a little bit easier um yeah 
So when you're on the surface, so it, you know, I know you were saying about you've got if you've got no vis, you can kind mm-hmm. of just go poking around holes. But um, if you're on the surface and you're looking down, what's the signs f- for lobster? What's the signs for crab? What what are you looking for from the surface to to go and out to interest you or spark your interest in that hole? Um, so so you've got you've got loads of different places that they'll be. They'll be in um, cracks within ledges of of like steep faces. Um, they'll be on sand that goes into into rock. So the main things I sort of look for if I'm from the surface is um, I look for quite rocky areas. So let's say you, you're swimming across, you've got loads of sand with broken um, reef and kelp and everything. You might find that you'll see like a, a small sort of like gully or something that's got loads of like slaty type rocks that are on the bottom. They tend to like these sorts of areas. Um, there doesn't tend to be a lot of muck that will go into their holes and stuff like that. So that that sparks my interest when I look for lobsters. On sand, it, you'll see like either like um, other dead crustaceans outside. Um, you can see parts of crabs, things like that, even parts of other lobsters, potentially their their own shell that they've shed. That gives you indications that there could be something that's eaten in there. You might bump into a few conger or uh, a conger a few, but um, which is isn't some a nice thing to look at sometimes. Um, oh, but but usually you'll you'll find there'll be um, just on the edge of a rock or something there'll be a big pile of sand where they've they've dug out because they like they like to dig out of their holes um build up a big pile like like a little ramp and you'll see the color change of the sand so you know that something's been digging in there when it comes to cracks and crevices um you can see most of them from the surface or even if you've got like overhanging kelp and you can see it's quite dark underneath usually it's best to just dive down have a look and you you'd be surprised at what holes you could find that you don't see from the surface um but they're, they're the main sort of things that i would look for when it when it comes down to expecting to find a lobster in a hole nice and is, is that are they the same telltale signs for brown crab or um so brown crab there i've noticed they're more in sort of um like vertical cracks more than more than they are like they'll be in horizontal but but most of the time i find them in quite a, a, a sort of a vertical or slanted crack um they're usually quite good to go into um i found a few in some holes but usually they're on the edges of rocks or that they're not most of the holes aren't very deep either um obviously they just they just jack they sort of jack themselves against the against the holes to obviously stop themselves from getting out so that's more their defense mechanism rather than the actual deepness of the hole itself so i tend to find a lot of them are sort of jammed in cracks um that's 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 the main sort of one of i, I find brown crabs are weird though they send i tend to just find them more in clusters rather than you know there's more lobsters around that i've noticed than there is brown crabs um whether they might be in holes when i'm going out lobster hunting i don't come across them as much because they might be in an area that i'm not sort of more interested in if i'm sort of targeting lobsters rather than the crabs Mm. most brown crabs i tend to find i've just stumbled across them rather than intentionally looking for them um but yeah they small small cracks is the go-to for for brown crabs I was stumbling across crabs that uh, I could kind of segue into Ben the other <laughs> evening. Um, we, yeah, I think we were out at, uh, somewhere in Devon. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been out with my mask flooding. I turn around, Ben's got the biggest smile on his face, mainly because it's being held by the biggest crab I've ever seen. <laughs> ben, how big was that thing? Oh, dude, yeah, it was, it was pretty big. And like you say, it was the biggest one I've ever seen. Uh, I, I don't know. 
it's not breaking any records, but I think it was like 23, 24 centimeters across the camera. Wow. So that's, you know, the, the claws yeah. were as big as my fist. Um, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. How, big, how much did it weigh? Uh, it's like two kilograms, something like that. So it's pretty, pretty heavy. It took a long time to cook. I think it was like wow. 45 minutes. I didn't have a pan big enough, so I had to like steam it in the oven with some weird like foil <laughs> on top and stuff. It, it was it was beautiful though. Like you know, the, the big crabs are just as tasty as, as the small ones, if if not better. Um, so yeah, that was a that was an afternoon of picking crab. It was um, and and the good thing about the bigger ones is you can get more meat out of the legs. Like sometimes the smaller ones. Like it's hardly even worth it sometimes. Whereas this, you know, I think we spent about you know an hour just eating the crab legs. Um, me, and my sister, and my daughter. It was just yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Did, did you? Did you? Did you? Where? Where did you find it? Was it in like a crack? Oh, it, like you it... know, they call me lucky for a reason. Oh, <laughs> you're going to tell me it was walking across no, the floor? Just, walking just across like... the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, and like it was probably two meters of water. It wasn't walking very fast. It was really chilled. It had no like rocks to run away into and and you know brace itself against. It was the easiest That's thing ever. Mainly because the only crack that it could have hidden in is something like Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> something like that. This thing had been around for a few million years, so it was just crawling out of a volcano from underground. It was crazy. And what what got me is it be, it was so far away from the ground that I would have expected crabs to be in. And maybe my expectations are just just wrong. And I think what you're saying about the not necessarily vertical cracks, but more horizontal cracks, is something that um, I'll certainly look out for more. Uh, Sam, I was going to ask, do you use any like particular tools to to extract lobsters and crabs? Um, so what I mean, a torch obviously is your best yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, a torch is going to help you massively when it comes to looking in holes. Um, most of the time, lobsters will be at the front and stuff like that. But, you know, if they are further in, you could have missed a couple if you, if you don't have that torch. Um, I use a hook as well. Yep. Sorry, I was just going to say, and we'll, we'll cut that out then, sorry. Um, on torches, what would you recommend? Um, cheap, cheap, mate. Like, honestly, like, I think I bought mine for 30 quid. I put mm. AAA batteries in it. And it's it's seen me for two years. I've not had any issues with it. I know everyone goes like really fancy, you know, as long as I can see at the back of the hole, that's that's all I'm concerned about. Um, budget wise, a cheap, a cheap torch is 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 fine. I started off with like one from uh, like 10 pounds from eBay from Japan or something like that. Big bright yellow scuba diving thing. Like it was it was Yeah, I'm just holding you know, one up now. It's uh, exactly like, exactly like a, a exactly like that. Pack of yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I started with. It did the job, you know. Um, and then I think I think I broke it and then and then I just went I, I went to the shop, just just bought one for 30 quid. I think it's like a Salvamar one that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um and and yeah, it it does the job. Um I could get rechargeable batteries on it, but I just I just keep buying them just before I go out and just <laughs> Go like that, so you know it, it works. It hasn't let me down. The battery life's pretty good on it as well. As long as you let, like I, I'd probably say if you want to keep your battery going, is just turn it off, turn it on every time you're going to go look. I started off to begin with just keeping it on all the time, and then you'd soon find out that an hour's hour in and you've you've run out of battery. So, yeah, that's the torch is cheap, cheap as long as you can see. And I think also form factor of a torch as well. I mean, I've got a torch that I bought off Amazon. Again, it was a cheap one, but it was 70 quid, but it's massive. And I think it's more for scuba and I could actually, well, club a seal over the head with it. Um, And it, it, you know, it's, it's, I call it the sun 
Um, <laughs> and it's so bright that even to have it on its highest setting is just you, you're blinding yourself. But um, the problem I find with it is it's because it's so big, it's actually really too much of a pain in the ass to actually use it to go looking in holes because it doesn't fit in most of the holes and you're clambering around with it it's not a light thing so i'm i'm gonna have to take your advice and uh, and get the same torches as you and ben i think yeah definitely like that, that's the thing you you, you want to have your hands quite free you know uh, so you you want to be able to drop things as well so if, if if you're trying to get a lobster out like drop drop your drop your hook or something like that or if you've got to leave your torch on the floor leave it on the floor because at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna need free hands to be able to grab whatever you're trying to get out at the same time and some some of them can be two-handed jobs mm, mm. yeah i think i, I sorry sorry i think i bought a um the x uh, Orca, I think it's quite it's an old brand that I don't think yeah. they manufacture anymore. And um, I've had that thing probably going on actually since I started spearfishing. I think so. Uh, there are some good torches up there actually that that do hold up. Um, just quickly referring back to the crab that Ben caught, I actually saw two brown crabs or the crabs, whatever you want to call them, uh, in the last couple of dives, and they were also just wandering around on the sand. Um, I, I guess just looking for a bit of a feed up really um, that's a bit unusual I don't usually find them in, just on the sand like that so yeah that's, that's a bit odd um, and the other thing Sam is I saw Matthew Hunt put on social media um, earlier in the week saying that someone told him that most lobster holes would be facing away from the incoming swell I don't know what your thoughts are on that I, I've been thinking about it all week and it actually makes a lot of sense um, yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of things when it comes down to trying to um, find the right places. You know, you can you can dive somewhere that's got great holes and you'll find very little in them. So they do like to face away from obviously the most normal, uh, consistent um, like waves and wind and swell that would be coming through. Um, yeah. I, I have known them to be facing into them sometimes. Um, I what like you know uh, everyone's different in the way of hunting as we was talking about earlier where you yeah. guys are where you guys are diving consistently the ground is a lot different to where i am mm-hmm. so things can be slightly different when it comes to the holes um d- it depends on the ground you're diving so if you've got a place that's got real big boulders big big holes and stuff probably wouldn't matter so much about swell direction because they they they've got such a big hole that they've they can get away from it a lot of the areas that i am the holes will go deep you know you can put your whole arm and spear in them but they've still got they, they they've got no exit so so yeah, yeah. they, they want to be facing a, a way that's not going to get kelp being smashed into the hole um and and anything like that so it does play a big part and this is where it comes down to going out learning and figuring out so if you if you go to a spot you dive down you find one continue searching in the same direction and place that you found the first one right, so okay. once you find once you find your first one you'll find that your next one will probably be a little bit easier for that location um i've i've recently went out for a dive found one moved literally i don't know a foot to the right there was another Two feet nice. to the right, there was another one. Two feet to the right, like literally, I had six in one rock, um, and out of all five of them, three were buried, two were mouse. So you know, it's- had got every single one of them out and put put the buried ones back, and yeah, but it's 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 that that must have been a really good location for them to to, mm. to sit up 
It does seem that. Uh, oh, sorry, it does seem that a lot of spearfishing is 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 just that though. It's it's learning so that you can make everything more efficient. So if you kind of like as you were saying, you knew the holes were facing one direction, then your dives could be a lot more efficient, isn't it? Um, yes. you, you you're going to save a lot of time. You're going to save a lot of energy, and you're going to find a lot more of what you're looking for, aren't you? So yes, it's definitely learn those things, and even. I've been spearfishing quite a few years and even I didn't think about that. But yeah, sometimes it's good to uh, step back a bit and have a look, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's um it pulls into what you're saying, Rich, in terms of if you think about the the sort of the anatomy of of the of the swell. And when Sam was saying earlier on, you're looking for that patch of where they've pushed the sand out of the hole. They're going to want to, or I would have thought they'd have tended to want to sit in where the swell isn't going to push that sand straight back in. So they'll feel where the current is going against them or where that swell is pushing up against the rock and they'll Mm. make sure they're sat so that it's pulling the sand away. And I suppose that's probably why the sand spreads out a bit from their hole um mm-hmm. just saves them having to do a load of house cleaning all the time so yes. aside from a torch you were saying about a hook or a spear what what's, what's the best so, thing poking them so i would um i've used a spear i've used the hook I've, I've i've got my main hook i've got a massive fishing gaff so i haven't got a really um small one it's, it's quite long it's a beefy heavy thing um I've customized it by basically it come with a really big hook on the end. I've bent that out. So it makes it a little bit easier to be able to get behind them with it. Um, I find that my ones, um, I, I quite, I quite like mine because, because of how big it is. You can, you can really use it to get in. It's not going to bend. It's, it's, it's really nice. It's got a big surface area. So lobsters don't like anything being behind them. So, so the main thing that you want to do is try and get that hook behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why I like mine so much is because of how big it is, but it's also, it's, it's with the weight with it. It's just, it's really nice to get behind them. A lot of guys use the really thin ones with a really small hook on the end. You're just going to make your life a little bit harder. You know, if you've got, if you're trying to move a lobster with like a 20 P piece size hook, and then I'm coming along with a boomerang, you know, my boomerang is going to be a lot, a lot more efficient to be able to, to get that lobster out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hooks like people use paint rollers. They they adapt paint rollers, make make their own sort of hooks and stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, it's still another cost for something that at the end of the day is a bit of bent metal, bit, bit of bent bent metal. Sorry, um, get my words out, stumbling there. Um, a bit of a tongue tweezer. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's um, a hook. A hook I, I I prefer when it comes to a spear. Your flopper gets in the way a little bit. You can push it in. Your flopper closes. Now you've just got a stick that you're trying to get it out with. This. So mm-hmm. I'd say effectively a, a hook's going to be your best your best friend when it when it comes down to getting lobsters out. Yeah, nice. <laughs> when you were saying about the uh, lobsters don't like thing behind it, I'm still always amazed by the lobsters <coughs> in that they see this large – I mean, you can see that they've seen it because they spook and they see yep. you and they spook. And then they see this large metal object coming at them going past them and then suddenly there's something behind them what is that it's like <laughs> you are just a div but well we're just going to take a um a five minute wee wee break and uh yeah we'll be right back with sam and we'll go more into the differences between crabs lobsters and which one he prefers to eat so we'll be right back and we're back yeah, welcome back. So everybody have a nice wee. <laughs> um, 
so we were just um, just while we were, just before we started recording, we were talking about um, uh, but quite specifically more on the spear spear fishing and the and the gear and suit side more than foraging. But um, Sam, we were just talking about holes, pricking holes in your um, wetsuit hood in specific places by your ears and maybe over the crown of your head um, just to relieve pressure. Do, you, you say you were saying a second ago that you, you haven't done that and you don't find that you get that issue. Have you have you got any equalizing problems? Have you ever had any or do you do anything specific with your mask or hood to make sure you don't have any issues? Um, so, so to stop, stop that squeeze in the hoods, um, I have my, my mask laps into my hood. So I have, I have my hood go over, over the skirts at the side. So when I equalize my mask, it will push air into my hood, which, which will in effect take away that squeeze from, from the hood itself. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Ben, Rich, what do you guys do? Uh, I pin my hood. So I put two pins. So one either side by my ears, um, not while I'm wearing the wetsuit, obviously just put that disclaimer in there. (laughs) And, um, then I put three pins across the top of the hood and yeah, that since I've done that and like, I don't get any more hood squeeze. I used to get hood squeeze when I used to go below eight meters. Don't get any of it anymore. Um, but that is a good point, actually, that Sam said. Um, yeah, that's a real good point. But yeah, that's what I do. I don't find that any cold water comes in or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. cool. I, I, I actually, I've, I've, pinned, I've started pinning my... I've, yeah, sorry, I've started pinning my, um, my socks as well. So uh, believe it or not, I pin the... Um, socks so that any urine that gets put into my wetsuit is then flushed out. <laughs> so that then leads on to the question of Pissette or no Pissette? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you Pissette boy? Uh, t- 21 years surfing, you piss in your suit all the time. It's, yeah. it's, it was it was normal practice. Come into, everyone was going, you know, get a percent, get a percent. I'm like, no, no, percent stuff for girls. Like, no, no, not doing it. And uh, put one in my new suit. And I tell you what, I should have done it a lot sooner. It is, um, yeah, it is a lot nicer. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main benefits of it is, is you know, um, when, when you wee in your suit, you actually get colder. So, so you'd be warm for like, you know, 30 seconds. But because of the suits are designed to stay like skin contact with with the um, smooth uh, with the open cell, when you put a barrier liquid in there, your body now has to heat up that barrier liquid that's there, so you don't have that consistent contact. Mm. So keeps you warmer. You don't stink a piss, and um, it stops infections as well, that, which can lead to ear infections and stuff like that because you are in effect bathing in in your own piss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, I'm I'm percent. Say again, Anthony. Sorry, Ben. I think you, have you have you got a percent? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the first things I did actually. Interesting story. Um, when I had I think my second suit um percent fitted, um, it got fitted not on the front where you actually need it. It actually got fitted on on the back. Um, obviously it was a mistake. There wasn't like any like plan to uh, through a difficult period. Um, but yeah. No, so that was quite funny. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be without it now. Like it is it's um brilliant. Are you sure it just wasn't because when they saw you they thought, oh well, that's that's definitely a woman. <laughs> I did tell Ben to leave it on because it might come handy one day, you never know. Yeah, one on the front and one on the back, maybe. <laughs> yeah, try and sque- squeeze one out of a percent. That'll be uh, a sight to see if it gets stuck. Um, 
Does anybody know if they do really small pissettes? Because otherwise, I just think mine's just going to let all the water in. <laughs> they, well, they, so- there is there is one that is really small. There's a, there's a it's like a thimble. I can't remember what brand it is, but there is one um, that that <laughs> is did- like a thimble. I did offer to cut my uh, pinky off my wetsuit glove for you, mate, but you declined that, didn't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was too big. <laughs> um, so yeah, just well, talk, talk us through a little bit more. So with, with the Pissette, and I don't want to get obviously too graphic, but um, because I, I think I'm I'm the only one here that doesn't have one because I love the taste of my own wheat. Um, <laughs> but it's, so obviously being a man, you're, you're, you're junk. Do you... Obviously, the Pisset is just hanging there without or uh, sue the penis with sans the penis. Um, and then when you want to go for a wee, you, I take it you just sort of like maneuver yourself into it, go for a wee, and then tuck it all back out. Or do you tuck it in the whole time? Are we actually staring at your penis when we're looking at your Pisset? Or... Um, well, I, I, my, mine's out. Mine's out for everyone to see. It's out all day long. Yeah. Honestly, like my, my, my knob is in it. And and it is out, so I don't tuck it away or anything like that. And it's just it's just there. And the thing about the pissette is, once it's in, like you don't want it to come out again because you're never going to get it back in there. Like it, it, because of the the pressure of the water, it kind of sucks your your bits to your legs, and there's no way of like maneuver. Well, there is, but you know, like take you half an hour to get it back in there. Um, so it's it's got to stay in unless you want to get out of the water. So sometimes I'll have to come back into shore to adjust my percent to go for a piss to get back in the suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's why I actually put the holes in my socks because I'm too lazy to go back to shore to manoeuvre. <laughs> and then because I'm, I'm busy chasing fish and I'm like, okay, well, it's just going to happen. I'm just going to have to piss my wetsuit. And, but at least, at least I've got holes in my socks so that it just straightens it up. I think you've normally got holes in your socks from the socks and gloves that I remember in fact quite often Rich you don't dive with gloves and socks right uh yeah well I've kind of got out of that habit because the last dive me and you went on I landed up with the bass spine uh from from the uh, dorsal fin in my hand when I was uh, grappling it yeah so I've now gone back to gloves again um and my toes the tops of my toes are quite scarred from blisters from diving without socks (laughs) so I've made the decision to go back to socks Yes, and I know that none of us are uh, medically trained, but um, you hear a little bit on the grapevine about you, you know UTIs or urinary tract infections from yeah. besets. Do you do you guys feel any water going up the beset apart you know because the water is only meant to go out of you and then out of the beset? But do you ever feel any water going up the wrong way? Like no, a valve, no. right? Yeah, yeah. So one way valve in, in in effect. So when 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 the pressure pushes out, it pushes out. And then, as soon as the pressure stops, it just it just goes mm. tight back together. So it's quite a tight sort of, um, you know, I think of it like a, a finger of a glove. It's quite a tight, closed um, point at the end that obviously then your, your penis is in. But yeah. it, it's it, it, water can't get in. No, no. No, oh, nice. Just, Im- just imagine the world's worst Johnny, and that's pretty much. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, it's a crisp um, yeah, packet, isn't it? Yeah, I was I was a bit worried about UTRs to be honest. That's why I didn't have one for so long. And I made the decision actually, no, I've bought a new wetsuit recently, so I'm gonna have one fitted. And 
yeah, I, I don't regret it. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, like I said, the only times I really do stick a piss is when I just can't be asked to go back to shore and put it back in. Um, but other than that, it's a brilliant piece of kit. I highly recommend everyone get it, especially if you're doing a lot of night. Um, sorry, not not diving, not allowed to winter diving, um, because obviously you get a lot colder, as Sam said. So I would definitely uh, look at having one of those fitted if you don't have one. And I think there, um, there, there's somebody, and again, I heard it on the grapevine, somebody trying to come out with, um, for the, the fairer sex, um, a, a female version um, of a beset. But I don't think at the moment there is anything for the lady spearfishers or lady freedivers. No, there's, there's there is not. No, well, Max, Max, the Frenchman, he's currently trying to make one currently at the minute. Him and his wife are trying to figure something out for, for the females. <laughs> Thank God you said his wife, because I was thinking, what, so Max is actually a lady? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 he's... Go on. No, no, with, no, with the percent that I've seen him with. <laughs> the percent, God. the percent, the, the French percents are a little bit bigger than uh, the English ones, I think. Instead uh, of cutting he, uh, fingers off of gloves, they're cutting sleeves off of wetsuits. <laughs> <laughs> So um, moving on to, um, well, one of the most epic photos I think I've ever seen of you, Sab, was you holding up that monstrous dinosaur monkfish and uh, your your really good skills for finding them. How, how the hell did you find that? I wouldn't say really good skills for finding it. It was, it was, it was, it was potluck. Like, like for two years, I'd wanted one. And and I was trying to 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 find them. Um, I mean, that's a species that you can't really target. Um, I mean, you, you know, it's not like bass. It's not like flatfish. You know, you've sort of got ground to go off. Um, with monkfish, I found that you hunt flatty ground long enough in an area where they're known to be, you'll you'll most likely stumble on one in at the right time of year. Um, it, my mind was pure luck. Like, you know, I, I, I went out for hours and hours and hours scanning sand, scanning sand and, you know, didn't come across them. I, I might not have been in the right place where they would be. Um, as we all know, they're, they, they tend to be quite a deep fish. So you, you're going to find them more on wrecks at like 20 to 30 meters. If, you know, you know, if not a bit deeper, but there's sort of the certain time of year where they do come in, they, they spawn so that they'll come in further. Um, a lot of talks because a lot of them have come from the Plymouth area that the dredging has stuff to do with it. So when they when they go through, it will move them out into shallower areas and, and then they'll move back out into the deeper areas again. So my, mine was pure luck. Um, just so happened it was a really bad day. Wasn't really finding much. Decided to, everyone else got back in the boat, decided to just carry on going out. Just I'm, I'm quite determined. I hate blanking. So um, I'll make sure I, I try and find something. And um, yeah, just stumbled upon it, and uh, yeah, I, I was I was a bit I was a bit surprised to be honest with you when I, when I stumbled across it, come across it. Viz was bad. I couldn't didn't have my time to sort of go up, look and wait, and then go down and assess what I was about to do. And um, yeah, just just took the shot, come up, didn't know what the hell I was doing, didn't know how to dispatch the thing. And you know, I'm just there holding this thing that's like thrashing around them. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was it was certainly nice. It was it was it's probably going to be the biggest fish I'll ever spear in the UK, um, unless I find a bigger one. But you know, that's that's probably the fish that will go down for me as, as being one of the best. Nice. And did you eat it? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've still got some in the freezer. I'm, I'm literally, yeah, gen, genuine. I'm like, like I, I was. So the thing is, you don't get a massive yield. So this, it's like, it's, it's like a fine meat that I've got in my freezer, basically. So the fish was sixteen point two kilos, and I think I, I think I managed to get about three point eight kilo yield out of it, and that's including the cheeks. So when oh, you think, nice. you know like the amount so what's that that's like 13 odd kilos that's just waste mm. so so yeah you don't get a lot from it well their um their, their livers are a delicacy in in japan i believe um no, anything's a delicacy in japan isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that they are very good at eating the whole of a uh of a, of a of a fish um and actually sort of pulling back to the lobsters and crabs with using everything what, what, do you use the whole thing do you eat the head butter of crabs and lobsters is there anything that you sort of you stay away from um you know using that whole food eating ethic um so lobsters obviously the tail the whole tail all the claws um i don't tend to dive into the head part of it um doesn't really look appetizing like you're missing you know, out. if it really you can you can mm. eat them well, you're gonna you're gonna have to tell me tell me <laughs> what i've got to Honestly. do and I'll, i might try it so with lobster that is my that is my favorite part is damn near licking out every single part of the head and then getting into all the little <laughs> knuckles um but lobster head butter and crab head butter um is is where all the flavors at my lobster is my all-time favorite food um and the tail is fantastic but it's got nothing on the taste of the head butter and it's the same as you do with um the, the tail and stuff you, you just you know, if, if you want to cut it in half bake it grill it just the head takes a little bit longer than the tail um so what i tend to say is uh, if you're doing it on a barbecue or if you're doing it in a grill grill the whole thing once you've done your 10 12 minutes for the tail cut the tail off take that out leave the head in for another three minutes and just eat it as it as it is although it doesn't look appetizing okay just a little bit on a teaspoon put it in your mouth close your eyes and honestly the flavor it's like all of that lobster tail flavors condensed into this really it's kind of similar to caviar i call it the okay. caviar of a lobster um obviously we're not eating lobster caviar because that's illegal nope. yeah um <laughs> and the other thing is the um the row before you know if, if you see some of the um some of the lobsters you've probably seen have got that quite stiff black um portion just at the top of their head yeah that, that's the pre-row um okay. and so that's the eggs before they're hatched so obviously it's you no, it's a female, um, yeah. but it's too late by then. She's not buried. She's not not. She's not notched. That's a tongue twister. Yep. Not notched. <laughs> um, and that makes a fantastic mayonnaise. Take it out, put it in a mayonnaise, just whisk it all up, and it turns it into a really gorgeous, slightly salty mayonnaise. Um, well, yeah. nice. Well, while we're in the uh, subject of uh, the row from the lobster, I actually saw a really good uh, post on uh, Instagram uh, from the oyster lady, I believe. She mixed the roe with some butter to make a um, almost like a lobster butter. And she then, uh, I think they were cooking steak with it. So you can almost have like a surf and surf type flavor. That looked really nice. good. I'm go- I'm go- yeah, I'm going to try that next time. Yeah. But yeah, same thing for the crab. You know, the, the, the crab head butter is, oh, it's just divine. I, I As soon as I get the crab out, it's cooled down, stick it in ice water, peel the head off. The, cr- the claws and the, the leg meat can wait. Like, <laughs> all about that head. Well, it's, 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 it's the brown meat, isn't it? It's a, yeah. 
it's um you know the first time i got my first crab and i've cracked that head open i was looking at it going what like what is this like um yeah it tastes good you've got you've got to get that mental thing away that the fact you're looking at something that looks like shit you know um and and you, you, you once you get past that block you know it tastes it tastes good the head has a sort of a bit of a spasm for a bit because it's like this shouldn't taste nice but it does taste nice yeah. so yeah like it does taste good um but yeah it, it, anyone that gets put off by it try it is it is is something to try and i'm definitely going to try the lobster head well, well, moving on to something else that looks and uh, probably doesn't taste as it looks. Ben, I think you wanted to ask him about um, cuttlefish. Yeah, I did this at the last minute because I'm, I'm desperate to find some more this year. I think I had one or two last year and it's one of my favourite things. And I know that you share that love of cuttlefish, Sam. Um, yes. I just wanted to find a little bit more about where you might find these. We're kind of, you know, De- Devon-based and... Um, there's lots of different kind of coastline in there. I, I know that the Cornish lads find a lot down that way. What kind of ground are we looking for when we're looking for cuttlefish? Um, so you, uh, I, t- I tend to be quite successful in the same sort of ground as flatties. They, they tend to sort of cohabit this, the same sort of area. Um, just recently, last week in a shore dive, I ended up um, finding a really nice patch, um, moved on to some newer ground that was a bit deeper out. I was on about... 13 meters something like that mm-hmm. and i come down and they this is this is quite new to me as well is that where the the sand waves are you know those waves that yep. the, the, the the ripples should we say i come down and i was looking at about 30 cuttlefish and they were all sat on on the tops of these waves in lines wow. all facing the same direction which was really bizarre i could have gone along with my sphere and just started plonking them <laughs> each you know sort of like sort yeah. of thing um but yeah like flatty grounds usually the best sand they they do bury themselves they're, they're in the same sort of areas i've seen them sort of in open bigger areas of sand i've seen them close to reefs and stuff like that you've got to have i think you've got to have your eye on them because they you know they're like little rugby ball shapes that, that do bury themselves and you can miss them um usually the telltale signs are sort of like they're, they're little like feather wing things on the sides you'll see them out they don't tend to bury them that well yeah or they might have their 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 two tentacles sticking up out out in the air and they're usually the 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 sort of telltale signs that you'll find them if you find one keep looking around because you might find a few more dotted around yeah interesting they say that about flatfish as well don't they you know in particular like sole brill turbot generally if you can find one you can usually find its friend nearby in 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 theory the last couple of times I've gone looking for flatties, I've found one thinking, oh, I've quit it. I'm going to start. Yeah. Spent 40 minutes and I've not found another. Like, I've probably found it while it was passing, you know, to, to yeah, go to where all its yeah, friends yeah. are, you know. But, but yes, <laughs> the, in, in in theory, yeah, usually you sh- if you find one, you should find a fair few around. Good stuff. And you can catch them in the shallows as, as much as you can. I mean, perhaps perhaps 13 metres is, is a bit too deep for me at the moment, you know, where I'm in my spearfishing journey. But, you know, you can catch them in two three meters right um i don't think i've had any myself in in that shallow um i'd probably say the shallow i've had them is probably about six to seven meters cool um i found so my biggest one that i had not too long back which was just under two kilo that one was free swimming through the reef 
so and it was it was coming it was coming from inshore so i know that for, on the section i was on was about seven meters mm-hmm. and i know the other side of the reef where it was coming from was in about four or five so so they they are potentially you know can spot them in in the shallows but i don't think they hang around there long yeah well, so it'd be one, the last sure. time me and you the last time me and you went up and we um i wouldn't say where because you know um but yeah we, i had a cold fish and i and that was only two meters was it yeah two and a half okay yeah Something and like when, so, when yeah. i went out with anthony uh, i think possibly in a similar spot to where you met, where you caught the big ones um anthony had a huge one as well um that was yep. a, at that uh was it spider club meet um that was really cool to see that mm. yeah um but they're, they're beautiful uh, I, I, I last night i saw a few squid as well a closely related cousin but um not not so much the big ones do you see many squid um i haven't i haven't it's 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 one that i do want to try and target i do mm. want to try and get one in the uk um i think cuttle tastes better than squid yeah I'd, I'd take a if if i had to choose between a squid and a cuttle i'd probably pick the pick the squid to get my first one yeah. and then after that i'd i'd pick a cuttle you know um but yeah cut, cuttle is a lot more I, I prefer the taste of a cuttlefish over a squid mm. but i've not seen i've not seen many not you know uh, catcher, my last my last cuttle. Um, it was in six, seven, eight meters of water. The vis was absolutely crystal clear. I was swimming over and I saw it in between a couple of um, gullies, and I saw two of them come out as though they'd just left their home and they were on their way to work. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, just like, I know there are probably a pair or a, you know friends. Either they've been to the pub or they're married. Um, and so I took the bigger of the two um, and then tried to find the second one just to, you know, put it, put them both out of their misery, but couldn't find her. Um, but they're stunning creatures. They taste really, really good, but they are very, very pretty. Um, but yeah, when they're on the end of your spear and they're sort of two kilos and they're flapping round and inking everywhere, it's suddenly you sort of brown trousers time going, shit i can't see a thing <laughs> i've got this alien spinning around got... perfectly on the end of my spear trying to eat my hand yeah. well you got you got to be careful with their beak as well um one i got the other day actually took a chunk out of my glove um didn't realize it was about to take a little oh. bite down so luckily it didn't get to skin but you know the beaks the beaks can be quite um vicious should we say yeah they're like parrots yeah for sure so obviously you you left um the surfing um you know you've now been fishing for a few spear fishing for a few years um yeah. are you are you spear fishing forever now where do you see yourself you know where, where do you want this to go do you want to go sponsorship because we had matt on last week um who's a you know sponsored spiro is that is that sort of where you're trying to go or have you got a youtube channel what is it you're trying to do um so i've done a lot of sports in my life i'm I'm one of them where i i do a sport i get to the best level i can possibly get to i then get bored of it and move on um surfing surfing was one of them that i didn't um i mean in today's standards when it comes to surfing you know back in the day if you was popping in air you 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 know you was doing well nowadays you've got to do a 540 alley-oop or something you know or something like that it's the same as skating and stuff like that kick flips were all the all the craze back in the day if you're not doing a tray flip now you're you're, you're rubbish so i mean i look I, I think i think this is me forever um i really enjoy it like i haven't i haven't bought a fish from the shop in over four years um i really quite like the ethic of you know catching your own food hunting for it nice um 
Uh, sponsorship wise, um, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn a sponsorship down. Um, it would be a, coming from surfing. I was sponsored by multiple, multiple companies. Um, biggest one being Monster Energy, which I was. I'm still sponsored by now, but they still don't know that I don't surf anymore. Um, but they, um, yeah. Um, but I know it's it's one of them. They 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 help. You know, they they help give you that back in, and then and then in return, obviously, you're helping the company at the same time. So mm. it's it's obviously what you what they can offer you and what you can offer them at the same time. Um, I feel I'm quite a competitive person, so I feel that it it does help having having that back in behind you um it shows that sort of recognition towards yourself and it, it gives you that you know I, I it gives you that sort of ambition to to, to push yourself a little bit more yeah, um nice. obviously i like competing i plan to like do i hope to do quite well this year in in, in competitions i've really got my head screwed on for this one are you coming down to uh Meadfoot on saturday i'll be doing all of them i'll be doing all of them this year can you uh, let me do your weights? Uh, I just need to give you a that. handicap. What's it, what? Take them off? Yeah, I can. I can. I can dive without them. I can dive without them. Not a problem. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to put any more on. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to drown you. But, uh, <laughs> just make your life harder trying to sit at two or three meters with your legs kicking up. The- <laughs> but um, and so you so you've got a YouTube channel that I have watched yes. quite a few of your videos. Are really, really well presented. Are really well done. What's your YouTube channel? Um, bearded Spiro. Bearded Spiro is, is so search that you, you'll be able to find me. Um, my monkfish videos on there. There's a few other good videos that are on there as well. Um, yeah, I, I started that like so. I, ever since I was a kid, like you know, we, we're like eight, nine. We're making skate videos. My mate's dad had a camera, so I've always been into making videos. Um, I, I, I make a lot of like B-roll videos and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I love editing videos and stuff like that. So I, I thought you know I start documenting it. It's quite easy. Things like surfing, for example, I always needed a photographer with me to be able to film. So it was it was really hard to be able to film, uh, you know, something that I love doing. So when it comes to spearfishing, you you can film on your, yourself, you know, strap a GoPro to your head and away you go. That's that's all you need to see. Um, so yeah, I started 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 that. It's going all right. It's not too bad. Um, I'm not here to make money off it. If it gets to that point where you know it's hard work, like people think it's easy to make money off of it, and it's it's really not. Um, you need to, you need to have some good big following, you know, to to be able to make anything from it. But it was it's just nice just to put something out. Um, I enjoy put, making the videos more than anything. Um, and yeah, so I plan this year to sort of take it into a different avenue, should I say? So like before, most of the time it was go out, do a dive, film what you've done, edit it, tell how your dive went. And I found it it becomes very boring. You know, people are watching you do the same thing, shoot the same stuff mm. on a different day. You know, every month. So I've I've taken we've got we've got quite a few plans um, this year for for the channel where they're going to be a little bit more different shall i say a little bit more engaging um so as people may have may not have seen we did a 24-hour survival um not too long back um which was really nice it was a really odd one for me to edit as well like no music it was very raw there was not a lot of editing involved in it which was which was quite nice it was it's quite engaging when you haven't got music going on and stuff like that so we plan to do um 
quite a lot of these survival challenges. Um, we've got one coming up in two weeks' time, which we're going to go and film, and it's going to be pretty hardcore, to say the least. Nice. Um, so, yeah, going out minimal, minimal gear. Um, so it's going to, we're, we're really looking forward to that, and we're going to try and build ourselves up to a three-day one. Um, nice. So full-on full survival, which is really good. Well, that ties into the second-to-last question, and I'm going to put you on a spot. Go for it. Name your piece of gear you could not live without. Oh, oh! I don't know. That is really on the spot, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one. That. What could I well, we need, we need oh, an ob- answer. Obviously, a snorkel. Theoretically, um, it's mainly just so I know what to take off you on Saturday. <laughs> um. I really don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's, yeah. Um, Obviously, so aside from, you know, holes in your mask or your snorkel getting lost, but like, obviously we're talking about foraging, um, mainly this episode, but obviously you yeah. do all, all kinds of spearfishing. Foraging without a hook, without a torch. I'd say, um, I'd say, I'd say my torch. I'd say my torch if it, if it was going to come down to it, my torch, you know, because I can always, I can always grab a bit of kelp or, you, you know, use my hand or something like that. So, mm. but if you, if you're blind trying to do it, I'd say, I'd say a torch. If come, coming down to foraging, it'd be a torch would be for me. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And I think Richard's got your final question. Something that he shaved off uh, not too long ago, but. Um, yeah. Well, um, you're, you're one of the uh, similar kind as me. We both dive with a beard. Yep. Um, so any listeners that are listening, um, Sam's got quite a hefty beard on him and quite a hefty tash, actually. Um, <laughs> so how do you manage that? Do you do you use the old uh, Vaseline trick or what do you do? I mean, personally, I just shave my tash off, leave my beard and call myself Amnish. <laughs> um so so like with a tasso i find find a mask that's got a really small skirt just under the nose um that, that will really help so like you'll have ones that are quite big so if you can find one that's really low profile under the nose that that will really help and if you're gonna if you're gonna have a beard it's it's or a tash you either shave every single time you go to dive the sort of the couple of days after you've shaved to the point where the beard starts to grow your hair will grow out straight so you will have leakage all the time or just let it grow so mm. i don't use vaseline or anything like that i i put my mask on but because of the hair thickness and how it goes the hair itself will actually create a barrier when it's all compressed all right. down so let it grow let it grow <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I think my, I think my wife actually prefers me looking uh, Amish. Amish. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can see it very well on there, but it's growing back a little bit. But yeah, I've been out for a couple of days, so uh, well, we I... haven't we, we haven't got much time left, have we? I don't think. But um, I think we have got some listeners' questions that uh, yeah. we, we we put out onto social media. What would you uh, want to ask Sam Seeley? And we've got a few questions, so um, I'll uh, yeah. get on to Ben. Ben, do you want to crack on with those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just quick fire things. So like, you know, five, ten words, um, see what you come up with. So first one is, where did you find your trigger fish? In the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. That that was actually actually our friend Tony Sykes that asked that question. Was it? Yeah, I bet. Uh, Well, me, me, me and Tony, we are... I, th- I think I think we're going to be swapping a guilt head for a trigger, maybe. Yeah, that's a good trade. So, 
I don't have anything to trade with him. I'll take that one. I tried tried trading him uh, Sol for for, uh, the old Gilhead, but I don't know if that's going to (laughs) happen. All right, next one. Um, Best spearfishing purchase you made? Oh, um, probably patrol float. Probably not patrol float. I'd, I'd probably say that's, that is yeah. One, yeah yeah join the club <laughs> <laughs> right how to scout new ground that's a, that's a big question can't do that in 10 words um dive it consistently like yes. when I first started I hit three three main beaches shore diving for three years straight and they were the only ones that I hit and I soon learned that ground quickly um you know I, I say to people secret spots and all this like talent was my my spot yeah. Um, since the competition, everybody's traveling there. Everyone's diving out, and I, I'd see one or two spiros a week, maybe. Now I'm seeing three, four a day, but they still don't know my spots within that area. Yeah. So it's it can be a specific rock, you know, just a, just a one rock that or one bit of thing that will have it. People can be there and dive, but they still won't find that spot. So That's, uh... I think it's get it out there. That, that's really interesting because we had the same comment last week, didn't we, from uh, from uh, Matt Newman? Matt Newman, yeah, yeah, the exact same comment. I think that mm. like that's a spawn, really. I think um, we're all diving in the sea, aren't we? And then that's the reason why when you go in pairs, one of you might blank and the other might not. So yes, yeah, yeah. nice one. Um, how do you meet people, buddies in the community? Um, I suppose Facebook, Facebook, and is the in the forums and that. That's that's probably a good place to start. Um, if you are a member of any clubs or anything like that, club dives or even just chatting with people that are local to you to get out. I was quite fortunate that um, we, me and Ben, we we dive regularly every single week. Um, we had a, a New Zealander who managed to find some viz in the worst storm we possibly had about three or four years ago. I think about three years ago. Everyone didn't believe him. I said, oh, I'll come meet you for a dive. Ben was there. And ever since then, we've we've dived together. Um, so, so yeah, really good buddy to go out with. And I wouldn't want to go out with anybody else. Yeah. And when it comes down to lobstering, when it comes down to lobstering as well, having the buddy to team up on some of the harder ones is really good fun where you take mm. it in turns to try and uh, play chess with this uh, lobster. Definitely. Yeah, we tried that uh, at a local spot recently, didn't we, Anthony? But... <laughs> Came home empty handed, unfortunately. Oh no, you got two lobsters, <laughs> if I remember that right there. Um, yeah. Moving on, um, your go-to seafood dish. Oh, it'd it be it'd it be lobster, lobster, um, lobster and cuttle. They're, they're hands down. Like like I say, I'm I'm not extravagant. Like I'll just have it on its own. Salt salt and pepper. Like that's 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 me. But triggers triggers are on there now. Nice one. Good stuff. I'm going to pass back to Anthony for last last few uh, questions and a roundup. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, funniest moment spearfishing? Oh, um, I think I think it was um, Ben's discussion of how he um, shot an octopus. It is actually on one of my YouTube videos. Um, I I was in stitches um, when when he told me and he shot it and it just like pulled all its legs up and started going at him like you know I, I'd probably say that was probably one of the funniest um, funniest funniest stories moments that that, that I've had I, I would I would say yeah nice well I would definitely have to go and watch that and uh, all the listeners head over to Sam's YouTube channel Bearded Spiro just type that on YouTube you find all of his videos there fantastic but um, a round up for now thank you very much Sam for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, I'm sure Rich and Ben agree that you've been 
fantastic and very knowledgeable and we're looking forward to kicking your ass on Saturday <laughs> I, I look forward to it I look forward to it thank you very yeah, much thanks, for coming thanks. on Sam thanks for having Cheers, me Sam. no problem no Cheers, problem, Sam. appreciate that mate speak to you soon buddy Cool. Well, again, thank you very much, Sam. And yeah, what a fantastic bloke. Some serious knowledge. And yeah, if, you, if, if you're listening, go over to his YouTube channel, Bearded Spiro, and uh, go and have a watch of some of his videos. He was saying about how he's going to be doing some uh, like catch and cook survival types where he only goes there with a condom. Um, and he's only allowed three days. He can only catch things with a condom. So yeah, we're looking forward to that video, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he doesn't catch crabs. <laughs> see what I did there nice. someone kick Richard from the chat <laughs> so coming up this week um, as you probably heard already we've got the uh, Meadfoot spearfishing competition um, mm-hmm. that I've I've won um, so you guys just don't bother don't bother coming um, but yeah are you guys are you two coming we are if it, yeah, yeah as long as the yeah, business is good right <laughs> Yeah. Fairweather divers. Yeah. No, no, I'm not a fair weather diver. I'm just too excited to uh, beat you two in the species on competition, to be honest. So, yeah, take um, it quite seriously, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. I actually said this to my wife as well. She, um, She's quite, well, I wouldn't say impressed. I think um, quite pissed off might be actually a better word for it. <laughs> she, she, her response was, winning the spearfishing competition is not your life. You have other commitments. And yeah, you can imagine what my reply was to that. So, um, yeah. But- Get back in the kitchen, woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she's, mate, she's going to listen to this. You know that. Um, yeah. The next thing time is, she, sees, she knows where I live. <laughs> next time she sees you, uh, you're in trouble, bud. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we. Well, I'm, I'm planning on being there. So I'm planning on uh, either coming first or second, depending whether Anthony actually catches anything. Um, but yeah. If hopefully in, in if any good. other kind of event, I always let the other person come first. But uh, in this instance, not a chance. Well, that's very kind of you. Yeah, it's going to be really then, good anyway. We're, we're going to try and record a little bit of uh, an episode or maybe just some sound bites to bring into the next episode, aren't we? Yeah, I think we're going to potentially, If I don't know how we're going to work this logistically, but if we can somehow do it, um, maybe we'll get a couple of snippets from people on the day after the diving, obviously. Yeah. Um, just general sort of chit-chat, have a quick interview, and maybe just include them in the next podcast. Uh, so I think the next the next episode um we're talking about comp diving and our experiences with it analyzing it going through what we did on the day possibly and include those snippets yep yeah i think next week yeah that's what we're just saying we're just gonna have a chill one next week right we haven't got any guests on we're just gonna have a a bit of a chill chit chat with us and maybe talk about our gear and how we found it during the comp and what we might change yeah, definitely. I think we don't necessarily need to have a guest on every episode. Um, the feedback we've had already, just people are quite happy to listen to us three talk up to shit for the next hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the next episode would do that. And then the following week, I believe some Ben's lined someone up. Yeah, I'll, I'll line someone up. Um, I've got, got a couple of people in mind, but I'll introduce them in next week's episode um, because I haven't actually told them yet. <laughs> you booked Sounds them and good. they don't know they're coming yeah exactly yeah, nice. it's all good. 
Well, thank you very much, lads. And it's been a pleasure as always. If there's any other segments or any questions that you've got or you'd like to hear, um, please send your requests to the Hangout at gmail.com. And uh, like you heard this episode, we'll try and get as many of those questions in um, asking to their guest or to us. Um, and they could be anything. They could be anything from information about fish, how to get into it, you know, anything about spearfishing, freediving, foraging. Um, we'll do our best to answer. So that's the Spiro Hangout at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week.